What is up and welcome to LA Football Network on Radio Row. Will Decker with Jamal Madney. We're going to be doing a draft is in session, a special episode too. I mean this, I don't listen to a ton of draft content, but one of the guys that I really pay attention to is Mike Renner at PFF. He does an awesome draft show with Austin Gale there. Mike, what's going on, brother? Not too much, man. I'm excited. It's my first time back in LA since... I don't know, like four years. I haven't been here in a while, so good to be good to be here. The pandemic kind of ruins a lot of things, <laughs> but we we're honored to have you back in For Los sure. Angeles, man. Any like fun events you're going to this week that you're excited to check out? Honestly, no. That's like the kind of the depressing thing. <laughs> I didn't get invited too much, dude. It's sad. I'm not I'm not a big enough name. I'm not apparently, but no. Uh, I, I really haven't, uh, like I say, gotten invited. Well, man, well, we were, we're having a Super Bowl party. You're more than welcome to come Absolutely. through if you want, Mike. We'll definitely have you there. Uh, NFL Draft, it's coming up. It is the talk of the town, especially after Super Bowl week. That's kind of what we transitioned into. Senior Bowl just happened this past weekend, yeah. and a lot of names kind of stood out among that crowd. Uh, I want to hear from the, the professional yourself, Mike. Who are some of the names that you looked at that really raised their stock after the week in Mobile? I think the biggest one to me that really kind of – opened my eyes and was like, yeah, this kind of like confirmed what I array thought to a degree, but also then went above and beyond. It was Devontae Wyatt, the Georgia defensive tackle. Wow. Right? He's the best defensive tackle on this draft class. Wow. You wow. watch a Georgia broadcast and they're zooming in on Jordan Davis, talking about how big that dude is. He's a massive. But Devontae Wyatt's a more projectable NFL defensive tackle, in my opinion. That guy's going to test off the charts at the combine. Freak athlete. And I think the biggest thing I was worried about with him was on tape as a pass rusher at Georgia, like it's scheme first there at Georgia. There were a lot of stunts, a lot of blitzes where he just has to play his role. He didn't get to go like one-on-one and beat the guy in front of him. And that's all he did at the Senior Bowl. And he only lost one rep in the one-on-ones all week. Like that guy was dominating in the one-on-ones as a pass rusher. Wow. So that's what you chase at DT. I, I mean, like Jordan Davis, you know he's a sure thing against the run, but is he ever going to impact the pass game? I don't know. But after that week, Devontae Wyatt, George defensive tackle, he's DT1 in the PFF draft board. Where do you think Wyatt, was he like a fringe first rounder maybe before that? Do you think he solidified his first round status I think after that week? I think he could sneak into the first round because it's not a strong defensive tackle class. You don't have a lot of guys that can, like I said, impact the passing game uh, at that position. And everyone's looking for that. Everyone wants that interior pressure. Everyone wants that Aaron Donald. And he's not Aaron Donald, but like the guys that can create that level of pressure look like Devontae Wyatt. They are that level athletically, and they are that gifted with what they can do uh, from a pass rushing toolbox perspective. So he has the physical tools to be that guy. Obviously isn't quite there, but I think he is going to go high because of it. I want to talk about a guy that was a former Georgia Bulldog. He actually transferred. That's how loaded their defensive line was. Yeah. Jermaine Johnson, man. <laughs> and the thing I love about this guy when you throw on the tape, uh, he can beat you with a variety of different moves. He can do the spin move. He can bull rush. You can do whatever. But it's how he plays laterally, how he's aware of the run in the backfield, the screen passes. He had 18 tackles for a loss to go along with those 12 sacks, 70 tackles from a defensive end, which is pretty high, knowing that he's making plays on the outside. What did you think of Jermaine Johnson's performance down in Mobile? Yeah, he just looks like he's been playing in the NFL for like five years. Like, the guy <laughs> yeah. is the most polished defensive end you'll see at the collegiate level. And it's crazy, like you said, he had to transfer from Georgia to start, to get a starting <laughs> role with how loaded Georgia was. Yeah. But this guy, I, I mean, ideal NFL body type, 6'5", 260, long arms, like I, that ideal for that position. And then just so consistent, like with his technique, he's not – He's not the top end upper echelon athletically. Like he's K 
caps a little bit in that regard and what he brings to the table. Doesn't have the best bend to the outside, but like he is in control, whether it's in the running game, like you said, a as a pass rusher, he's like dictating every interaction with what he does. And that just showed, like on tape, the offense tackles he's going up against just didn't stand a chance. You know, this guy was first snap to the last there. And he even dipped out of practice early. He's like, peace, two days. <laughs> I did enough. All I need to do here, I'm going in the first round. He raised his stock enough, and it was just – I mean, I, I turn on the tape, the Clemson game comes to mind. He beat the tackle on the outside, swiped the ball from Ugali, picked it up, ran it. It just It's an effortlessness that is there with Jermaine Johnson. He could be your first guy off the bus, even in the NFL, as an intimidating player. Uh, I want to hit one more uh, position group, uh, the offense side of the, offensive side of the ball. Who stood out to you at the Senior Bowl there that may have raised their stock? Oof, that's a tough one. I, I think the biggest guy who stood out kind of head and shoulders above his position group was Trey McBride, the Colorado State mm, tight end. Yes. And it was kind of billed as a talented tight end class. And and I think there are a lot of, like, NFL-capable tight ends, but I don't think there's a lot of difference makers, like mm. guys you would invest a real pick in to expect to then feature in your offense at the NFL level. Like, there's guys who can be placeholders, and there's a lot of them in this class. But McBride looks like the only guy who it's like he can get open probably one-on-one. -on -one. He can actually do things – you know, be your first option in a, you know, in a, in a play that you call. So uh, he uh, probably more so than, like I said, any other wide receiver, running back, or even quarterback there uh, stood out as like that was the best guy at his position at the senior Awesome. And I do want to pivot back to the edge class because we've been covering the draft for quite some time. Mm -hmm. This is the best edge class I've seen on paper. I want to hear if this is maybe, in just terms of depth, maybe not that top-level talent guy, but in terms of depth, you could probably have you know five to ten defensive ends drafted yeah. in the first round this year. I mean, it's incredible. It is a very good edge class. I know what year was also a good edge class. Was it 19, the, the Bo Bosa? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Nick Bosa. Josh Allen, Brian Burns. That was a very good edge class, too. I think this one you're going to see three guys go, obviously at least two in the top ten with Hutchinson and Kayvon Thibodeau. And then Karlofta, George Karloftis from Purdue, David Ajabo from Michigan, Jermaine Johnson, who we just touched on. All those guys are also locks for the first round. Probably even Trayvon Walker from Georgia. Yeah, you got a lot of guys who are going to go in the first round. Um, I do think after Hutchinson and Thibodeau, I have like question marks for a lot of those guys. Like I don't, I don't think this is you know, like there are a ton of blue chip guys at any position in this draft class. I don't think it's a super strong on the whole, but this one's loaded. I kind of like the value once you get to towards the back end of the first round. That's where I'm going to be taking shots at this edge class, whether it is, uh, you know, Arnold Ebiketti from Penn State, who we haven't even mentioned there. Obe uh, Mafe. You know? Yeah, Boye Mafe from Minnesota. Like, there's a lot of guys who are kind of in that mix at the back end of the first round that have the physical ability, have the body type, maybe not quite the elite production, but there's a lot to work with in this edge class. And last question before I turn over to my man, uh, Jamal Madney. You're picking at the top. You have to take one edge rusher. It's Thibodeau or Aiden Hutchinson. Who are you going with and what? Going with Aiden Hutchinson. Ooh, and it's, yeah. It's not just that. It's not just like that. He's been better on the football field already. It's like Aiden Hutchinson is himself an elite athlete. Like you're. It's not deciding between a guy who's like good already, like a polished product, and a guy who could be an elite product. Like Aiden Hutchinson has everything you would want, could want for an edge rusher to be then a perennial Pro Bowl All-Pro type of guy. He's not, like, limited athletically in what he can do. Yeah, Kayvon's probably a better projectable athlete to the edge position, has a more prototypical physical profile for the edge, but you're splitting hairs at that point when another guy is already uh, a darn good athlete, Nate Hutchinson. So uh, I'll give me the guy who I think is more of a sure thing because 
when you have the number one overall pick, you can't whiff. You know, and the Jaguars know a thing or two about whiffing <laughs> uh, in the first round. So, to me, Aiden Hutchinson would be the pick there if I'm holding that number I one. love it. The other position group that seems to be getting a lot of buzz is secondary. Mm-hmm. And so settle a debate for us because this okay. is one of the areas where Will and I diverge. And I sound like I'm sort of ordering off of a menu with this sentence, but I'm just going to say the sentence. <laughs> Sauce or Stingley? I, don't, I, st- <laughs> I, I, still, I still believe in Stingley now. Yeah. His tape the past two years is concerning. Like, uh, no doubt in my mind. Like, the injury history, the lackadaisical plays on his tape that just, I mean, they weren't uncharacteristic on that LSU roster. A lot of guys were doing, like, taking plays off. That, that was kind of why Coach O's not there anymore and why they fell off so hard after the 19 season. But from what he did as a freshman, like, you don't get worse. You know, like, he was so special at such a young age. The physical tools are so immense that, I'll chase that high end of what he could be. And not to say that Sauce can't be high-end cornerback one in the NFL. He definitely can, but I just think he's more of a limited player, whereas Stingley can be your track number one receiver man corner for the foreseeable future, for the next decade. He can bring that skill set to the table. He has that capability, whereas I think Sauce Gardner is more of just like a hold down one side, press at the line of scrimmage, mm-hmm. uh, more of your you know cover three type of cornerback, which obviously is still of – played a lot in the NFL cover three so I do think that give me the guy who has the potential to be at the high end and I think even Stingley's floor is still probably pretty high awesome other names in the secondary that are sort of jumping off we've had deep discussions about Kyle Hamilton are there others that are are sort of jumping off the page for you yeah I mean Hamilton's a freak (laughs) (laughs) no two ways about it he's one of the safest dudes in the draft class to me he's like Isaiah Simmons if Isaiah Simmons could have still played safety like he's like that smooth of an athlete that there's really no position I don't think he can play past defensive line on a football field. Like he can play linebacker, he can play slot, he can play safety, he can play deep safety, he can play outside corner if you really wanted him to. He's just that level of an athlete. So that's a special dude. The other guy that I like think deserves a little more hype and a little more credit and I think is realistically like a top 10 type of talent is Trent McDuffie from oh, mm-hmm. Washington. Yes. He's a Washington quarterback. Trent yep. He may not be size-wise. I think he's going to come in around like 5'10". Um, so not going to take that box for everyone. But he's 195 pounds, well-built dude at that size. And he is insanely good tackler, insanely physical for that size. Did not get tested at all at Washington. Like, shut down his side of the field. No one wanted to throw at him. Uh, I think he is that good of a prospect to be in the same air as a Sauce Gardner and a Derek Stingley. Now, obviously, you're going to lean those guys because of the physical like toolbox one plus 200 plus that's matters in the nfl but Trent mcduffie is a pretty damn good corner prospect in his own right that makes a lot of sense and so we'll play a little game here so i will give you a position group and you give me your expert grade and and anything else you'd like to share so we'll start with kind of the the positions we've talked about defensive line grade it's got to be an a plus right so it's different i think if you separate DT, I would give like a C minus, and wow. then edge, I would give an A. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Like I think that's yeah. Th- there's a distinct difference. I don't like the DT class that much. I don't. I don't think there's too many starters available in this DT class. But edge, it's it is loaded. Got it. And we'll go kind of further on on the defense linebacker. Linebacker, that's an A plus. This is one of my. It's probably the best linebacker class I've seen since I started 
we started grading college at PFF. Like, I think there are four legitimate first-round possible talents, and I'm not even including Christian Harris, who I'm not a massive fan of the Alabama sure. linebacker. Yeah. I think uh, N'Kobe Dean from Georgia, mm. Devin Lloyd from Utah, Brian Asamoah from Oklahoma, and Leo Chanel from Wisconsin are all first-round type of linebackers. Now, TBD if they all go in the first round, but I am a big fan of those four guys, and they're all kind of four different types of linebackers and the skill set they bring to the table. So uh, I, I do really like this linebacker class, like I said, A-plus. Fantastic. Secondary. Secondary, I think corner is around like a B-plus. I think after those three guys, I don't feel great about the corner class, mm. the three guys we've already touched on. Safety is probably more like a B-minus. you got Kyle Hamilton, Lewis Seen from Georgia, Jaquan Brisker from Penn State. I like Jalen Petrie a lot from Baylor, but is he more of a slot cornerback? May not be a true safety. Mm. And that's kind of like your safety class. There's not a lot of guys after that. And then we'll shift to the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. So why don't we talk offensive line? Offensive line's probably in the A-minus range. Okay. I, I, I like the tackle class a lot. I, I think there's three guys going to go top ten in Charles Cross, Evan Neal, and... Uh, Aquanu, I think Icky his name Aquanu, is. Yeah. yeah, who we actually had talked to. It's a massive dude. Uh, he, is, <laughs> he is one heck of a run blocker. Um, I think all three of those guys go top ten. And then I really like the small school guys and Trevor Penning from Northern Iowa. Yeah, yeah. Ryman from Central Michigan, who's one of my guys in the draft. I think he's fantastic. Those guys are lock first-rounders as well. So I attack class is good. Tyler Lindebaum's probably the best center prospect we've graded at PFF. But then Agreed. after that, the interior of the offensive line class is kind of eh, iffy. But I still do like this offensive line. There's going to be, and I think with it just kind of being a, a meh draft class as a whole, you're going to see an emphasis on O-line, D-line in this first round. You're yep. going to see a ton of them because it's just a position that teams feel more comfortable with their evaluations on. You just get more one-on-one -on -one reps. You get more the body types of the athletes that succeed at those positions are more easily recognizable that you're going to see a lot of, a lot of trenches in this first round. I want to pivot to the tight end group because they don't necessarily have that blue chip prospect like a Kyle Pitts was last mm -hmm. year. But in terms of depth, we did the tight end breakdown right. in our pod. There could be five or six guys that have close to 36 catches next year fresh off being a rookie. It's pretty impressive. You mentioned Trey McBride earlier. Our guy Greg Dulcich from L.A., UCLA yeah. guy. Wind Windermeyer, you know, Kate Otten, Jeremy Ruckert. You know, you just go down the list, right? Jake Ferguson. Yeah. Um, give me your thoughts on how deep this tight end class is and what would the grade you'd be? Yeah, so the tight end class, it's, it's it's tough, and you hit the nail on the head there. It's like you don't have Kyle Pitts. You don't have a guy that even could be up there because they're not you know running a 4-6 or lower. Like A lot of these guys are just solid, not spectacular athletes. But there's probably five guys that you could start tomorrow and not feel bad about them starting. Like they can block in line, they can catch whatever's thrown their way and then kind of get open at the intermediate level and they have big catch radius. So there's a lot of guys who are talented, but like I'm not drafting anyone besides probably Trey McBride before the fourth round just because wow. the value. Like what are you bringing to the table? Like you said 36 catches, that's a wide receiver. That's a, that's a horrible year. That's a bad right, right. You, know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you call that a good year for a tight end, but like yeah. by actual NFL moving the needle standards, that's nothing. So uh, I, that's kind of how I feel about this tight end class. That gotcha. makes sense. And now – you know, sort of the, the controversial topic, if you will, uh, the quarterback class. <laughs> I don't like the quarterback class, man. It's like a C-. minus. It's going to be the lowest we've ever ranked a QB on our draft board heading into the draft. The, the QB1, excuse me. Like So uh, most years we've had a guy number one overall on the draft board. We take positional value into account. I, I think 
17, I believe. It was 16 was the only year we didn't. It was the Trubisky year. Mm, Trubisky sure, Mahomes. Yeah. Uh, Sean Watson, I think it was the only year we didn't have a quarterback number one overall on the draft board. This is going to be the second time that we do that. And it's not even going to be top 10. Like, I, I don't I don't want to take any of these guys even close to that. I, if you're saying the debate is like Malik Willis at pick, say, 11 to Washington versus, I, I don't know, who – Sam Howell in the second round. You can take Howell in the second round. I don't think they're that vastly different as prospects. They're flawed dudes with big arms, have some athleticism. It's going to matter a lot, the development, and you're really shooting fish in a barrel with a lot of these guys. Yeah, that's, that's a similar assessment that, that we've had on the pod for sure. Yeah, and, I, you know, they, the classic reach for the quarterback, that's the position you reach for. But, you know, for my evaluation, I think Sam Howell's like a third-round third round talent, effectively. Um What's the receiver class like for you? We got Drake London from USC, big name out there, but you also have guys like Jamison Williams, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. He's like a technician when it comes to route running. Mm-hmm. Um, where do you see this receiver class being as a, as a grade? It's solid. It's probably like a B plus. I don't think any of them I would have a higher grade on than kind of the top three last year. So Devontae Smith, uh, Jamar Chase, and Jalen Waddle. Like I, those three would have been wide receiver one in this class had they been in this class, but I really like Drake London. I really like Jamison Williams, and I really like Garrett Wilson. Like those three guys, think can be wide receiver ones at the NFL level. I don't feel as certain about them as I did the last year's class. Like I said, like all three of those guys last year, I'm like they're wide receiver ones. Don't even think about it too much. These guys, like I, I think Drake London is probably the one I feel most certain will be. Like that guy's going to catch a hundred balls Dominant. at some point yeah. because that's what he does. It's just is are they going to be deep balls? Probably not a ton. That's kind of not where he wins underneath catch point stuff that's where he wins so I probably would have Drake London wide receiver one just because of that but I think it's a strong class I probably give it like a B plus as a class as a wide receiver class. B plus nice uh, I want to transition to Rams and Chargers just give me one position group uh, you think that they should target as a team Chargers is defensive tackle man like, yeah for sure Jerry Tillery is been a bust he's he's an edge like he's just not big enough to hold up to double teams he has a liability in the run game if you're sticking him inside and he's he can make plays but he just cannot play as many snaps as he's played like he played 900 snaps last year and the guy's like dead tired on half of him you watch the tape <laughs> and just when he does he looks does absolutely nothing like i don't think he's a complete bust like there's still flashes on his tape but man he's not the guy they thought they were getting like he's not that every down fence tackle they thought they were getting so that'll go a long way for them the Rams, that one's tough. It obviously is going to depend on – I would highlight wide receiver if, if, obviously, Robert Woods with his ACL tear, Odell Beckham not being back. But I think offensive line, Whitworth, this is probably it for him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, obviously, no boom probably takes over there, but then may not be able to re-sign uh, – gosh, I'm blanking on the center's name right now. But Brian Allen. Brian yeah. Allen. Yeah. Like, you might have issues on the offensive line, and that's so big to, like, all they do – offensively and Sean McVay like the years that they've had bad offensive lines that's kind of been the years they've had bad offense so I, I think offensive lines were at highlight for the Rams especially since don't have a first round pick like it's not a that's like interior offensive lines a position you could probably still find starters later on in the draft love it man and I know we're gonna just leave you with this last question you're based in Cincy yes. but we got the Rams <laughs> out here in Los Angeles I gotta get a prediction Mike where are you going with this game and who do you think is gonna win so I picked Cincy straight up oh each of the wow. last three weeks I picked him against the Chiefs I picked him against the Titans and I picked him against the Raiders to win outright and I'm I'm gonna do it again I think this defense gets slept on and Joe Burrow's obviously like that dude like he's different different cat so i'm going Bengals. I, I don't i don't think it's it's obviously gonna be a tight game i think if they do win um 
I, I think the only way it's a blowout is if the Rams win, honestly. But uh, I'm excited. I, I, I really have no handle. I think they're very evenly matched in a lot of different ways. The, only, the biggest mismatch obviously favors the Rams, but like I said, Joe Burrow is what's tipping the scales for me. Exactly. He's got that it factor. Mike Renner for PFF, thank you so much for Thanks coming so on, much, brother. Thanks so much, Mike. I really appreciate, really appreciate it. it. Thanks.